This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka only on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, here we are. Thursday, a throwback Thursday, if you will. Ultimate throwback Thursday. And yes, there's a ton to talk about today. And yes, I am matter than I really need to be at Barack Obama. I really am. And I'm going to explain in a little bit. But I have to start the show from the perspective of where were you on this date in 1977? Many of you were not here yet. Many of you had been here for a while. I had been here for a little while, almost 20 years. And On this day in 1977, something amazing happened. And today is the anniversary of the launch of something remarkable, amazing, historic, entertaining. Well, let me just give you a little sample of the of the promo that appeared in theaters in advance of this day. It's for all audiences somewhere in space. This may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. The story of a boy, a girl, and a universe. I don't know if that's the... Was that the elevator pitch? Was that how they originally sold this 40 years ago? You look at the, uh, at the trailer that's, that's floating around. If you go to Star Wars on Twitter, at Star Wars on Twitter, you can see this, this uh, promo from 40 years ago today. And it, it really takes you back. It took me back. I did not see... Star Wars when it first came out. I have to admit. I did as a matter of fact the the day I saw Star Wars was much later, months later in the summer when the theaters weren't crowded because despite the fact that there were people lined up waiting to get in, I I was not going to sit in line and and wait to get in. It just seemed foolish to me. Besides I had work to do. I was trying to make money for college. 
But I, I went to Star Wars the day Elvis Presley died. I think that was sometime in August. And Star Wars was still in the theater, and my friend Todd and I went to see it. And uh, we were both amazed. We both left the theater thinking, wow, why didn't we go see this earlier? This was amazing. And the special effects now are kind of laughable when you see them. But we'd never seen anything like that. And as we're getting out of the theater and into the car to drive home, it was the middle of the afternoon because we had seen the matinee because I'm cheap. Uh, we turned on the radio and every radio station had Elvis Presley playing a different Elvis song on every station in Chicago. You go to WLS and WCFL and WG, everybody had an Elvis song on. And it was the day Elvis died. So I associate Star Wars and Elvis Presley together. I know it's kind of a crazy association, but there it is. But 40 years ago today, Star Wars hit the theaters and, and the, uh, the never-ending debate for people who appreciate this kind of science fiction, for me anyway, is what, what's the better sci-fi? Which was better, Star Wars or Star Trek? because you have your Star Wars people and you have your Star Trek people, but I really don't believe there's a whole lot of crossover. I really don't. So that's today's vital question of the day. It's on the internet. I posted it on my YouTube, uh, not on my YouTube, on my, uh, on my Twitter page already. I want to know, Star Wars or Star Trek, in your mind, which is better? And if you want to call up and make your case, I will uh, gladly debate the topic with you. We currently, I just, I just threw this up a few minutes ago, but Star Wars gets 61% uh, of the early votes. Star Trek gets 11. 17% uh, of you are saying neither, and there's an 11% group that says, we love everything, both. Don't judge us. I am... I'm a fan of the television version of Star Trek... And I loved the first three Star Wars. And that's kind of where I stand. I, I absolutely thought the first TV, se this TV season that gave us Star Trek was always going to be great, especially when you understand why it was written. It was written by Roddenberry wrote this with a, a social issue in mind. He was trying to address all the, all the issues of the day, be it war, racism, the difference between men and women, all of that was supposed to be encapsulated in this series he wanted to do. And NBC said, nah, now nah, we're not interested. And he said, okay, what if I put it in space? And if you, if you go back and look at the original TV series with that kind of lens that you, or filter that you put it through, you begin to understand what Gene Roddenberry was trying to do when he created Star Trek. And maybe it makes a little bit better sense. And I still think some of the, granted, this, the Star Trek episodes, the fight scenes, the special effects, you could not get much cheesier. And William Shatner and his Shatnerian acting, you also could not get much cheesier. But let's face it, Star Trek, to me, is better than Star Wars in terms of delivering a message on social issues. Now, you can debate. And there are many of you who will. I wasn't a fan of the Star, Star Trek movies. Not so much.
just the TV series. I guess that makes me very old school. Or maybe it makes me very old. Don't take the bait, Dallas. It's usually when they whisper in my ear, yes, you're correct. But I posted it on Twitter, so I really do want to know. What do you think? Which, which was better? Do you have a preference for Star Wars? Do you have a preference for Star Trek? I wish Emily Zanotti were here from Heat Street. She is uh, a person I think... Uh the TV series and the episodes and the lines and the, the stories they told. I, I still was shocked the day I went to a, a hotel in Baltimore during a convention I was attending, a business convention, and the hotel was also hosting a Star Trek convention. And I had never attended or encountered a Star Trek convention. And so I, I can tell you to this day, I have some of the most interesting memories from that, that two-day stay in a Baltimore hotel where people actually had the complete outfits, the ears, the makeup, and uh, everything. And they were all in, 100% all in. And yet I still love the TV series. So that's today's vital question of the day. There's a, there's a whole lot more to get to today. As I mentioned, um, before dawn this morning, President Obama ticked me off. It might even be fair to say President Obama pissed me off. And I, I just think it's, it's rude what he did. It's rude that I, I don't think any other president in my memory did what Obama did today. And he actually started it yesterday. I, 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 I dropped... I, dro I dropped my pen as I was writing down some notes and I went, wait, what? What is going on? Live in, in Germany this morning, live at the Brandenburg Gates with 80,000 people looking on, Barack Obama participated in an event and uh, all I could think of was, wait a minute, he's there with Angela Merkel, the German leader, who's going to be meeting with the president of the United States very shortly. And yet there's the, the last president and he's up there and he's got 80,000 people and the media's covering it live around the world. If CNN's covering it, if MSNBC's covering it, it's live around the world. So Barack Obama managed to get himself into the front and center of the spotlight with the, the head of the German government on the same day that the parents, uh, on the same day, <laughs> the parents, on the same day that the president is supposed to be meeting with Angela Merkel and uh, all the folks in NATO for a big event, just a couple hours before. Never seen anything like that. It's a little bit of uh, spotlight grabbing by the former president. And it, it wouldn't have bothered me quite as much if his message was also um, less, less of an attack on the current administration. And it wouldn't bother me as much if it, if it had also not been the second day in a row that 
the Obamas appeared to be shadowing the current administration on its trip to Europe because Barack and Michelle were spotted, I believe, in Italy, or maybe it was Sicily, the day before. So what are you doing? The president's in Rome. You're hanging out in Sicily. The two of you are drawing a crowd because you know you will draw a crowd. Do you, do you just feel like you're not significant enough, sir? Are you that worried about your legacy that you, you have to go out and try and take the spotlight back from the guy who won the election? It's really kind of um, childish, I think is the correct term. And when you hear what the president said, it's, you can't dismiss it. He's absolutely trying to, trying to mess with Donald Trump. He's absolutely trying to take the spotlight away from the president during a week when the president has seen his poll number spike after sitting at around 38, 39%. The numbers we were getting yesterday were showing that Donald Trump had gone up to uh, I guess a 48, 49% approval rating. So God forbid the Democrats miss an opportunity to draw the attention away from the current president. And that's exactly what happened this morning. I'll play the comments for you around the, just around the corner. I gotta, I gotta line them up and get my outrage ready. I just, I just think it's total Bush league president Obama. I think it's, it's just probably the cheesiest, rudest thing you've done to date. And I know you're a young man with plenty of time left to do dumber, cheesier, and ruder things. I'll play you the president's comments. And you tell me who he was going after. Just shameful. We'll do that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. We're going to be going through this all day long. And yeah, we'll get to the Montana guys uh, screw up because I have, I have thoughts on that too. But uh, the big question of the day, the really vital question of the day, where are you? Where are you in the universe? Are you a Star Wars? Are you a Star Trek? Are you a neither? Are you a both? You can go to Twitter at StuntBrain, at StuntBrain, and vote as we speak. You can also call in, uh, 888-900-3393, You can write, as Mike Thorne did. Mike Thorne wrote, I saw Star Wars after working all day, then drove to Michigan from Chicago. It's a pretty good drive. Only showing was at 11 p.m., Fell asleep during the movie, but woke up when the Death Star blew up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that being kind of 
kind of uh, shaking the entire theater as it happened. So if you have a thought on the, the vital question of the day, please do vote on the Twitter poll. And it's, it's really important to me. <laughs> I don't know why, but it is. Because I want to know where this audience stands. Do you stand with me on the Trek side of things and James Tiberius Kirk? Or are you over in the galaxy far, far away? I just would like to know. Now, before we went away, I was grousing about President Obama. The former president, and I have another bone to pick with President Obama after, after the bottom of this hour, too. The former president showed up today in, in uh, Berlin. And this happened early this morning, at least it was pre-dawn here, so it was probably 10 o'clock in Berlin. 10 o'clock in Berlin, and Barack Obama is at the Brandenburg gates with, uh, with Angela Merkel and two other folks, and they're talking about human rights and health care. First of all, you're not the president. Second, the president of the United States, the guy who is the president, well, he's going to be meeting with Angela Merkel today. And you probably knew that. The president's schedule, this whole trip has been publicized everywhere. But no, Barack Obama can't let Donald Trump be the president. He can't get the presidential genes toned down in his own, in his own life. As I mentioned, the day before he was spotted, I think it was in Sicily, he and Michelle. And of course, a crush of photographers followed them around. And as, as, the, as the Trumps are meeting with the Pope, the Obamas are hanging out in public. That bothered me a little bit. But this really bothered me. Let's go through just a little bit of what President Obama, former President Obama, I love saying former with his name, Former President Obama said when he was sitting with Angela Merkel at this event at the Brandenburg Gates in Berlin. In the eyes of God, a child on the other side of the border is no less worthy of love and compassion than my own child. I think, I think we can all agree on that. I think we can all agree. But does anyone else's butt get chapped when this guy starts talking about God because he almost never talked about God when he was president? Seemed like the most godless administration I, I recall in my life. Anyway, let's, let's get him keep going. I'm, I'm sure he's going to say that the immigrant crossing the border reminds him of his son if he had one. But he, he initially goes after Trump talking about borders and children. We, we can't distinguish between them in terms of their worth and their inherent dignity and that they're deserving of shelter and love and education and opportunity. But we are also the heads of nation states and we have responsibilities to citizens and people within our borders and we have finite resources. And so part of the job I think of governments is to express humanity and compassion and solidarity with those in need, but also recognize that we have to operate within 
legal constraints and institutional constraints and the obligations that we have to the citizens of the countries that we serve. And that's not always easy. My hope was that I was able to get 100% of people health care while I was president. He was talking about health care a little bit later after he talked about uh, borders and how we need to be benevolent. But we also need to follow the laws and protect the people who are here. He said more. We didn't quite achieve that, but we were able to get 20 million people health care who didn't have it before. And charge them twice as much, in some cases three times as much. After you lied about them keeping their doctor, after you lied about the plan saving them money. And certainly I have some regrets that we weren't able to get everyone health care. And obviously some of the progress that we made was is now imperiled because there's still a significant debate taking place in the United States. But the point, though, is, is that for those 20 million people, their lives have been better. And, and what about the 300 million people whose lives are worse because of it? There's more to this. I, I want to get deeper into the, the reasons why I think this president, ex-president, thank God, is adult. We'll do it after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are talking about my recent outrage with President Obama. And it came this morning, came before dawn this morning, when I learned that President Obama was speaking in Berlin, Germany, um, the same day that that uh, President Trump, the actual president of the United States, was scheduled to be speaking, not in Germany, but at the NATO headquarters in Brussels, standing side by side with uh, German, German President Angela Merkel. And Donald Trump had it on his calendar. The whole world knew where Trump was going to be for the last two weeks. And we knew who was going to be there. We knew all of the NATO leaders were going to be there for the solemn ceremony dedicating this monument to the attacks of 9-11. It's going to be a very emotional day. So what does Barack Obama do? He saddles up and offers to be there with Merkel earlier in the day in, in Berlin, a place where he visited before he was elected. Remember, he tried to recreate the the uh, John F. Kennedy, Ich bin ein Berliner moment. And in some ways he did. He had a massive crowd there. But Obama shows up in Berlin, criticizes the president of the United States without using his name. And I just think it's, it's, uh, it's beyond rude. It's the height of arrogance, which, you know, we remember this president quite arrogant 
Was he a better communicator than Trump? I think he was a different communicator than Trump. He spoke to his audience, and his audience loved him. The people that didn't like him didn't appreciate the way he spoke, didn't appreciate the things he did and the things, the things he wanted to do to this country. Kind of sounds like people who like Donald Trump too, right? There are people that absolutely love the way Trump speaks, and there are people like me who would like him to speak more presidential. So back to, back to Barack Obama. Barack Obama is up in front of a crowd of people and decides he's going, to, um, he's going to give us a hard time. He's going to give the president a little talking to. This is one of the things he said. In this new world that we live in, we can't isolate ourselves. We can't hide behind a wall. Gee, in this I... new world that we live in, we can't isolate ourselves. We can't hide behind a wall. Who do you think he's talking about? We can't isolate ourselves. We can't hide behind a wall. Gee, gee, who, who would that be? I wonder. It's, it's just such an insult. And Democrats, can you imagine how angry you'd be, how outraged you would be if Barack Obama had been giving a speech in Germany or in, in uh, let's say Barack Obama was scheduled to speak at, at the, uh, the NATO headquarters to dedicate a, tr a tribute, a monument to the, the victims of September 11th. If Barack Obama was scheduled to be there with Angela Merkel, how would you feel in 2012 if Mitt Romney scheduled an appearance before your appearance in Berlin with Angela Merkel and criticized your health care program? How would you feel? Seriously, because that's exactly what's going on here. Democrats would have lost their mind. Democrats would have screamed and hollered. Democrats would have said, this is... This is tearing down the presidency. Well, see, this is the do as we say, not as we do Democratic Party in full effect. And if you don't believe Barack Obama is still the leader of the Democratic Party, just look at his political action committee and the amount of money he's spending. He is creating something along the lines of what the Clinton Foundation was. Only it's going to be more purely political. Obama's less of a mask than the Clintons, if you can believe it. Obama doesn't really seem to care. He's just going to do what Barack's going to do. And he's got this gigantic pile of money, and he's going to spend it to go after everything that he's worried is going to get cut down. So it's obvious that he's worried about losing his legacy. He's worried about health care. He's very concerned that the Republicans are going to have any success and tear down the health care. And now he's out everywhere, everywhere, spending time, money, his own personal capital. And I just think that nobody in the media is going to call him out for this. At least I haven't heard anyone except me saying that uh, Obama, this was totally it's not it's not gangster it's not statesmanlike. It's just rude. It's flat out rude that you would do this. Talking about healthcare, talking about walls, talking about borders. You just you're just wrong, sir. And on top of it, in addition to not talking about this, 
there are two other areas of what Obama did to America that are totally avoided, that are totally obscured, that no one in the media is brave enough to talk about. Well, almost nobody. Yesterday, we mentioned briefly the rising rates of, of health insurance premiums. And there is a document out now that Paul Ryan talked about just a little bit ago, showing that that every single state virtually doubled since Obamacare has come into, uh, into effect. The cost of getting insurance doubled, and in some cases went even further and was worse, tripled. So no one's talking about that. No one's talking about the fact that the president, as was uh, uncovered by Circa, by some great reporting by Sarah Carter at Circa.com, that, that President Obama and his administration was spying on average Americans, you and I, you and I, for years and years and years. Where's the, where, where's the outrage? I think there's only one person who is outraged by, by the spying, the domestic spying that was done by the NSA on each and every one of us. And sure, not every single one of us had deep files developed or uh, deep research into us. But they're saying one in five of the NSA calls, one in five of the NSA files was about American citizens, not about spying on people overseas. And when this was brought to light, guess what the NSA did with all that data? Guess what they allegedly did with the data? They deleted it. They got rid of it. Now, Rand Paul's the only guy I've heard who is standing up for the Fourth Amendment. Rand Paul is the only member of Congress who is telling people the Senate needs to put a stop to this. Nobody in the House is doing it. So we talk about our basic rights. We talk about the, the first 10 amendments being the most important. And you get to the First Amendment, you get to the Second Amendment. By the time you get to the Fourth Amendment, we've all forgotten about everything, haven't we? Well, Obama's administration was spying on people. Regular people, you and I. It wasn't just Cheryl Atkinson. It wasn't just the, uh, the other reporter at Fox who was spied on. It was real people. And so wh where's the outrage? Where are we as, as citizens demanding some sort of public accounting of this? Why aren't there hearings on this? Why aren't there people being subpoenaed to come in and talk about this? It doesn't make any sense. It's, and this is why the study that's on the blaze is so important. The study that shows the American people just don't trust the news. The American people believe that the mainstream media, the mainstream media is just giving us fake news. We should talk about that. What is fake news? And who? Who makes up the mainstream media? Who do you think it is? Do you have an opinion? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Who is the mainstream media? 888 Who is the mainstream media? I'll tell you my, my belief who the mainstream media is. And then we'll discuss it after the break. Next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka.
with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Do me a favor. Go to the uh, go to the Twitter and vote in today's poll: Star Wars versus Star Trek. Why are we doing that today? Why today are we asking a vital question about which do you prefer, Star Wars or Star Trek? It's the 40th anniversary of the opening of Star Wars in the movie theaters, 1977. On this date, in 1977. And uh, to do a little other housekeeping business, just got a a note from the kid in Paris. Riley Opelka had one match standing between him and a slot in the French Open, and he lost a three-set heartbreaker just about 30 minutes before we went on the air, and he just just sent me a a direct message on the Twitter saying thank you and uh, thanks. Thanks to all the fans, apparently he sees when you guys tweet about him afterwards. The guy who, who beat him played really well. It was a very close match. They, I think they each had 13 aces, and uh, the other guy had more double faults than Riley. It was four double faults to three double faults. And you know what? Just another step down the road for this 19-year-old kid. I hope, I hope we get to see him playing in... Uh, in Wimbledon this year, if he was going to get into the French Open, I told my wife I was going to jump on a plane and go to Paris, and she wasn't too keen on that, especially with everything that's going on in the world today. So I guess I'm lucky. I guess I'm lucky that uh, the kid didn't get in. It'll keep domestic tranquility on an even keel. Uh, Breaking news, uh, it is National Wine Day. Did you know is National Wine Day? W-I-N-E, not W-H-I-N-E. That's pretty much every day, I think. Pretty much. So uh, it, it is National Wine Day. If you, if you so desire, um, we, won't be, we won't be having National Wine Day celebration here until after the show. We will be celebrating uh, during the, uh, the replay tonight. And I am reminding you that this program is live noon Eastern to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday. And then it replays again after the Buck Sexton program, which is now 7 to 10 p.m. So we're on 10 p.m. to uh, 1 a.m. Eastern. So during the replay this evening, I will be uh, marking National Wine Day with some lovely grape juice. Uh, Also... uh, there was one other weird, weird factoid about today, other than the Star Wars Day and the National Wine Day. I have to, I have to try and remember what it was. Hmm. <laughs> we will. Is it National Missing Children's Day? Shamat just told me that in my ear from Dallas. Is it really that, Shamat? Just nod your head. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll understand. Oh, that's a shit. You know, missing children, I cannot imagine as a parent. But thank you for bringing the serious topic in as I'm talking about wine and Star Wars. 
Oh, God bless those parents. And, uh, you know, I know Glenn does a lot to try and stop the traffic trafficking of children. And that's got to be tying into the missing children stuff, too. Uh, we have much to cover today. We have much to cover today because uh, we are hearing not only that the White House is is bolstering its staff by creating a war room to deal with some of the challenges they face, possibly in the legal world. Uh, we are also uh, hearing more uh, more news about the the crazy story that broke last night about the candidate for the Montana House seat who allegedly slam dunked a reporter. You know, the, the report was body slammed. But now that we're starting to hear different stories, uh, there was one account from Alicia Acuna from Fox News who was in the room who said that he grabbed the reporter by the neck and threw him to the ground and then punches were being thrown. So uh, from the scuffle on the tape, which we should play, from the scuffle on the tape, you don't really hear a whole lot of punches being thrown. It just sounds like a little bit of a wrestling match. And uh, we will get to that story because there's something there in terms of the media and the left that I, I just can't understand why the rush to tie what a candidate for a pretty inconsequential House seat in, in Montana, what, what that candidate has to do with Donald Trump. They share the party. But seriously, how can you blame what happened in that room between a candidate and a reporter? How can you blame that on Donald Trump? It seems like a bit of a stretch, right? Well, um, Joe Scarborough from Morning Joe, that was the first 25 seconds of his show this morning. And Nancy Pelosi found a way to get to it, too. When we come back, we'll talk about this weird situation, and I'll, I'll share with you Scarborough's attack and Pelosi's slam next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.